0: You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to this episode of the Disease Jour podcast on senior horse research with Dr. Amanda Adams. I'm your host, Kim Brown, editor of Equamanagement, along with my co-host, Carly Sisson, digital content manager of Equamanagement. The Disease Du Jour podcast is brought to you in 2023 by Merck Animal Health. Adams has a Ph.D. in veterinary science with an emphasis in equine immunology from the University of Kentucky. She's an associate professor at the University of Kentucky's Gluck Equine Research Center. Adams is also adjunct faculty at Lincoln Memorial University College of Veterinary Medicine in Tennessee. She completed a Paul Mellon postdoctoral fellowship in areas of immunology and endocrinology at the Gluck Center. In 2019, Adams was named the inaugural Mars Equestrian Fellow in recognition of her expertise in equine science and dedication to creating a better world for horses. Adams was then tapped to provide mentorship to the inaugural Mars Equestrian Scholar, a doctoral scholarship program designed to engage and train future leaders in equine science. Currently, her research program encompasses the study of equine immunology and endocrinology in the areas of aging, obesity, endocrine diseases, laminitis, and stress. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Adams.
1: My pleasure. Happy to be joining you today.
0: We're so excited to have you here. To our audience, most of you will probably know who Dr. Adams is and know how busy she's been in the last few years, not just with her research, but in the fall of last year, the University of Kentucky broke ground on the Linda Mars Aged Horse Care and Education Facility that Dr. Adams is kind of in charge of. So, Can you tell us a little about this new facility and what you're doing there?
1: Yeah, it's really, really an exciting time for, for the senior horse uh, research program here that I've developed. We actually uh, had a ribbon-cutting ceremony and opened the doors to this wonderful, amazing new uh, aged horse care and education facility this spring. Um, and we've we've definitely been busy ever since the doors have opened. And so... Here at the Gluck Center, we've been studying senior horse health since the early 2000s. And I really kind of made it official and established what we're calling the UK Aged Horse Research Program uh, back in 2017. And so the new facility kind of came about with my collaborative efforts with, with Mars and and Linda and Mars Equestrian and Waltham, and I think all of us are probably the most passionate group of people behind um, how can we better care for our senior horses, which we know right. make up a significant percentage of, of the horse population worldwide, yes. up to a third Really, of the population of horses uh, worldwide, and so it was really that collaborative effort that brought this new facility to be, you know, a reality now. And it's been, yeah, it's just um, I don't have words to describe it. It's it's <laughs> wonderful, and and the things that we're now capable of doing in terms of supporting the aged horse research program here at UK is is um, yeah, the sky's the limit for what we can do now. So.
0: That's um, so exciting to all of us who have senior horses. That's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I know veterinarians and the vet students and the techs and everyone listening to the podcast are going to be very excited because this is a a group of horses that everyone has in their practice. It doesn't matter yeah. where you are or what you're doing. Uh, I mean, even some of the top competitors would be considered senior horses today.
1: That's right. Yeah, so I mean, our goal, you know, for this facility is to continue to discover new ways we can care for these senior horses and train the next generation of scientists, equine scientists, um, as well as veterinarians and, you know, providing information that science supported to the industry, to horse owners and and again, veterinarians. And so that's our goal. Uh, We've got a lot going on. I kind of tell people I we we try to stay focused, you know, in certain areas. But I guess big picture, you know, we've got really kind of four pillars of study um, okay. as part of this program for senior horse care. And kind of the bigger pillar, I kind of break that into two different uh, areas of study, are really to do with endocrine diseases of of these senior horses. I think we're all pretty aware that um, these are definitely kind of the top, some of the top problems for senior horse health. So mm-hmm. the one of the pillars I, we study is, you know, within the senior horses is equine Cushing's disease or pituitary pars intermediate dysfunction or PPID. So that's kind of one big umbrella. We've got a lot of studies ongoing with those horses with PPID. So looking at novel diagnostics, getting better science behind current diagnostic tests for PPID, looking at novel treatments for PPID, and then how do we manage these horses with PPID nutritionally? Because a lot of these PPID horses have muscle atrophy issues, are insulin dysregulated, and so my program is really to help kind of support some of the science behind how how do we manage these horses with PPID. And really the, you know, the million dollar question there too is we know what PPID is, but what causes it? And why do some horses develop it? And so we've got ongoing research
0: in that area as well. A lot of people listening probably don't realize that you have, if not the only, one of the few research herds of PPID horses.
1: Yeah, we do. Very fortunate. So where the new facility is located is is at our Woodford County Farm or C. Oren Little Research Farm, which is part of the College of Ag. And we have about a hundred hundred acres um, that are dedicated to supporting just the senior horse herd part of my program here at UK. And so we have a number of horses, yes, that are PPID, that are also PPID and insulin dysregulated. And then we (laughs) sort of have normal senior, what we say kind of healthy uh, senior horses. And then we have a population of horses that are equine metabolic syndrome and insulin dysregulated. And so that's kind of the second bigger arm of my research program is to study these obese metabolic syndrome classical uh, cases of these insulin dysregulated horses. And so that's probably... Right now, we're working probably most in that area. And, you know, how do we, number one, how do we nutritionally manage these horses so that they don't develop laminitis or that the risk is lowered for these horses to develop laminitis? So we've got a lot of ongoing research in that area Because I get, you know, I get people, veterinarians, owners reaching out to me all the time, you know, over the last several years, you know, how do I manage this horse? What, you know, everybody says low NSC, what does that mean? And so it was just frustrating to me not to be able to really give science supported recommendations and like we know it has to be, you know, nine percent nsc for these horses to have you know insulin lower insulin responses postprandially to different diets and so that's what we're trying to do we're trying to generate science behind nutritional management of horses with insulin dysregulation Um, we're also working in the area of diagnostics Um, so looking at novel diagnostics again putting data behind the current diagnostic tests out there for insulin dysregulation, also working with collaborators around the world to look at novel pharmaceutical treatments as well uh, for insulin dysregulation. So we've got a lot ongoing with these metabolic syndrome, insulin dysregulated horses. And sort of, so the third arm of my research program is really to understand the impact of stress on immune and metabolic responses in horses. And right now we're focused on transportation stress and how that impacts these responses. And we've we've done a couple of transportation studies now, and some of those publications are coming out and being published as we speak. So that's been really interesting. And then sort of the fourth pillar of studying for the you know, my program here at the Senior Horses is really just like kind of say it's sort of looking at general healthcare questions. So how do senior horses respond to vaccination? What about parasite load in senior horses? And how do they respond yeah. to different anthelmintics? Um, do we need to change the, you know, deworming schedule for senior horses? Uh, when we just are kind of wrapping up a, a fun project that we did. It's a, it's a, a dental Dent, I call it a dental study. So we did a basically a, an evaluation of, I guess you want to say, dental pathologies in the herd, and and asking a lot of different questions in terms of you know dental disease and relationship to inflammation and pain and all of that. So that's been fun working with um, an equine dentist in the area. And so again, I I you know the program yes is for us to obviously you know, do the research and and train graduate students of the next generation of scientists, but we're we also collaborate with people, veterinarians around the world. So an example is, you know, helping basically with this residency program for this local equine dentist and at the same time learning quite a bit about dental diseases and, and seeing your horses and all. So so that's been fun. So yeah, we've got a lot going on. I think we've accomplished a lot in the last couple of years. And I, like I said, I think we'll be able to, to do quite a bit more now with the new facility, which is really exciting.
0: Today's Disease Jour podcast is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. Merck Animal Health believes that if we all do right by the horse, we'll never do wrong. That's why they're driven by an unconditional commitment to the horse and to the veterinarians and communities who support them. From infectious disease tracking through the equine respiratory biosurveillance program to building a sustainable profession through the veterinary well-being study to creating equine health products with the highest level of safety and efficacy, Merck Animal Health is unconditional. It's just who they are. Learn more at merckanimalhealthusa.com.
1: So the new facility is essentially we've got a state-of-the-art lab on one side of the building. And then we've got some office space. And then we have on the other side of the building, we have a teaching workshop space that again will allow us to um, accommodate up to, you know, 40 to 50 bodies, whether these be students, or like I said, the goal is to try to start offering workshops for horse owners, veterinarians, vet techs. And we can do a lot of hands-on training of all the different areas that we just talked about in terms of research that's ongoing because we've got wonderful examples of senior horses you know with the different endocrine diseases and and all and i guess another area that we're pretty fat, passionate about too is muscle atrophy in just the senior horse population and and how can we manage that nutritionally or um, through low-grade exercise because that is a Just as humans age, we see similar changes in horses as they age. They're really actually a good model to study human aging in terms of things that happen to them as they age. So Dr. Adams, is there any recent research that was very notable that you want to mention on this podcast that some of our practitioners might be interested in learning for their senior patients? Yes, actually, we've published a number of studies now that are looking at basically how we can better manage these insulin dysregulated horses in terms of nutritionally. And so what we we're kind of after is basically, you know, at what level of NSC or crude protein or components in the diet stimulate a strong insulin response in these animals. And why do we care about insulin? Well, that is really what is kind of the defining characteristic of a horse being insulin dysregulated, right? They can't control their insulin or their metabolic responses. Um, to a challenge, to a diet challenge or sugar carbohydrate challenge. And so we're working on why is that? You know, the question why, but more so too, how do we, do we manage these horses so that that insulin level remains lower in response to different diets? Because again, going back to insulin, we know that it's insulin that's driving laminitis to happen in these animals, so insulin is really kind of what we're targeting in terms of diet, novel pharmaceuticals, etc. How do we keep those insulin responses low? And so, a couple of studies that we've published is just basically asking if you give these insulin dysregulated horses a very small meal. We're talking around one to two pounds of a meal of different, basically levels of starches and sugars. How do they respond compared to a metabolically normal horse? And so it is just, it it really is kind of an awe moment to look at the data and see how these horses are so different and how they respond in terms of their insulin uh, levels. I mean, it's kind of scary, to be honest. <laughs> and so with some of this work, we're finding that there is a threshold. For how much sugar and how much starch, or let's just call it NSC or non-structural carbohydrates. Um, And so, once you feed over that threshold of NSC, those insulin responses are quite significant in terms of comparing those to metabolically normal horses. So we've got two papers that are recently published in Equine Veterinary Journal that kind of go a little bit deeper into that story, um, which is again kind of scary but I guess my point being is that nutrition is a really powerful tool to help manage these horses and to help lower the risk of these horses to develop laminitis and so and we now have you know science behind trying to help identify that threshold of NSC so that that research was all done in feedstuffs and now we're looking at basically how do these horses respond to different forage types and the level of NSC in the forage. Because that's how we want to maintain horses in general, right? Mm. We want them to be on a, you know, a good foundation of, of forage and you know limit all possible concentrates, et cetera. And so what we're working on now is to kind of basically put science behind the thresholds of NSC in forage with these horses. So that's really exciting. Um, We're excited to to get that research kicked off. And we're also, we just wrapped up a study that is looking at over a 24-hour period. And so these horses are out in their semi-dry lot, paddock spaces, and we're just looking at their metabolic responses over a 24-hour period. And these insulin-dysregulated horses compared to metabolically normal horses, because we want to know what's driving sort of the natural insulin response to these horses to consuming pasture, essentially. And so, I always get the question too, when is it safe to turn my horse out when the sugars and starches, et cetera, are lowest in the grass? And so, we're trying to put science behind that so that we can give really good recommendations for when it's quote-unquote safer um, to turn these horses out with insulin dysregulation. So, those are some kind of recent areas of research that we're focusing on. And I guess my message to probably veterinarians and vet techs listening, you know, don't just assume, do the diagnostic testing when you're trying to understand what I call metabolic type of the senior horse. So do the appropriate diagnostic testing along with looking at clinical signs of disease. If you're trying to identify horses, senior horses with PPID or insulin dysregulation, don't just guess. You know, do the do the diagnostic testing. You know, the protocols at times change because of the science that we're generating to to improve how we do the testing, et cetera. So if you're unsure you know, reach out, ask, and that goes to nutrition management too. So, you know, veterinarians, vet techs, owners, please, you know, reach out for advice, work with independent nutritionists, equine nutritionists, or uh, reach out to folks in the, in the current research area and field like myself, because we're always happy, you know, to give advice and, and all based on, on what we know. So, and every horse is, it's, what we're learning is they're so individual in terms of how they respond to these different diets and management. It is not a one size fit all. So you need to treat them definitely as individuals. That's such great advice for all of our practitioners that have senior horses. I'm just wondering, is there a way for veterinarians to know when your facility releases new research and where they can go to learn more about the work that you're doing? Yeah, so we've actually just put together a new website so they can go to www.seniorhorsehealth.com and we're trying to stay up to date with putting our publications out there, putting out lay articles that we publish and podcasts like this where people can, you know, read all about what we're doing and got some extension fact sheets and all so and it has all of our contact and and give you a little bit more information about my program
0: that's great and do you have anything else maybe you would like to add about your program there I would just like to say, you know, a huge thanks
1: and shout out to Linda Mars herself. She's a she's an avid horsewoman and probably one of the most passionate persons that I know in terms of senior horses. And without her support and collaboration, our new amazing Linda Mars Aged Horse Care and Education Facility wouldn't have been possible. And I just really like to thank Linda and and for all of her her support. And, and I'd just like to thank everybody for, yeah, listening today and thank you for having me. And I look forward to coming back and maybe talking a little bit more in detail about some of the research we're doing and, and, and two probably to, to put out there to veterinarians and, and vet techs, again, any questions, please feel free to, to email me. Also, I should be careful when I say this at times we're <laughs> looking for donation horses, um, with endocrine diseases, no guarantee we we have room to take them into the program. But, yeah, just keep that in mind as well.
0: well, that's wonderful. and and again, we're going to we're going to take you up on that. We really would love to have you back on. and And I will also say to uh, Linda mars as as I am the owner of multiple aged endocrine horses. thank you. We do appreciate <laughs> the science that is coming out to help us better care for these horses. And Dr. Adams, thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of Disease Du Jour. And a big thanks to our audience for listening. And we want to thank our sponsor, Merck Animal Health, who gives us the opportunity to have these discussions. And if you have any questions or suggestions for the podcast, send an email to me at kbrown, that's the letter k brown at equinnetwork.com.